Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Become Fire podcast. It is your host, Father Peter Teresa McConnell, joined by my dear brother, my co-host, the one and the only brother, Paul Grotman. Hello, hello. <laughs> That's usually my line, but I'll let you It's borrow. our line. We hold all things in common. <laughs> yes. Your are, goods are my goods. That's right. We are Franciscan. It's not my line. Thank you for that. It is our line. You are welcome to introduce yourself by the double hello. But we are, we're missing a friend this week. Yes. A we lost friend. him. We lost him. We don't know where he is. Yeah. <laughs> He's wandered off into the desert, and maybe he'll wander back. We're not sure. We have hope that he'll come back. We have hope that he will come back. Uh, and when he does, our joy will be complete. Ooh, foreshadowing. foreshadowing. Uh, Father Anthony is not with us this week for this episode. Uh, you know, we, we try to get together, but sometimes scheduling doesn't allow it. And I'm sure as all of you are experiencing this Advent season, it's a little, it's a little busy. It's a, it's a busy time of year, and so uh, we just couldn't get the stars aligned. We couldn't get our schedules to match, so we look forward to, to Father Anthony joining us um, soon again on the podcast. Uh, but Brother Paul, why don't you tell our audience uh, what you've been up to uh, this Advent season? How's your, how's your Advent been going? Yeah, it's been a good Advent. It's been a really fast Advent. It's like the, it's the shortest it could possibly the po- be. It's the shortest it could possibly be. But I also be. feel like we're in warp drive. not only is it short we are in warp drive no there's just been uh, just a lot going on we had the saint peter centennial we had the song lucy feast day Uh, unfortunately we've had some some big funerals as well Mm -hmm. and just with different ministerial events and also just getting ready for the guys to come down super exciting we'll have a full house the brothers will be joining us for christmas yeah december 18th all the brothers get back so yeah just doing all of the kind of behind the scenes preparation for that Amen. Amen. So, yeah, we're we're very eager, very excited to have a, a full house for Christmas with all the brothers. It'll be extremely fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Before we jump into this week's episode, if you are listening to this as it comes out, uh, good for you. If you're listening to it in the future, you don't have to worry about this part. But if you're listening to it as it comes out, we are approaching uh, Christmas. We'll be a week away. And we have a very unique Christmas this year, where literally the fourth Sunday of Advent is December 24th. About 16 hours. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then the very next day is Christmas. And so you might be wondering to yourself, uh, how often do I have to go to Mass this weekend? For the fourth Sunday of Advent, you usually go every Sunday, but then you, then Christmas is back to back. What what do we got to do? What is what's the situation? What is the church asking of us? So I'm going to try to break it down as as simply for our listeners as possible. That you have two obligations: you have your Sunday obligation and you have your Christmas obligation, and you need two different masses to satisfy each obligation. So you cannot just go to Mass one time on Sunday and have it count for both. You can't go to the 4 p.m. Vigil Mass for Christmas Yes, and think that you satisfied both, yeah, both obligations. It is not a two-for-one special 
this year on Sunday. Yep. Uh, so you have to find a mass. So you could go to two Christmas masses if you wanted. You could go one time on Sunday, one time on Monday. Uh, but but the point is you have two obligations and you need two different masses to satisfy it. So, you know, plan ahead, figure it out. What's going to work for you and your family or for you and, and your situation to to get to mass for your Sunday obligation for the fourth Sunday of Advent and then for your Christmas obligation as well. So I hope that was that was clear. Brother Paul, how did I do? Yeah, I think it's clear. I think it's clear. Great. Clear as mud. We clear did as it. mud. Excellent. Yes. Just go to Mass twice. That's the biggest thing. <laughs> Amen. Go to Mass twice on Sunday and you'll be totally <laughs> There you go. There you go. Uh, so, okay, we're doing our Advent series. We're making our way. We're lighting them Advent candles. We have, uh, as you are listening to this, if you're listening to it as it comes out, you have lit your third Advent candle. If you're listening to this like five years in the future, it might not even be Advent, but you're always preparing for the coming of Christ. That's so right. That's this right. podcast will always be in season. Yes. So the we've done the first two weeks of Advent. We lit the first two candles. Now we are uh, we'll have lit the the third candle, the pink candle. But since the fourth week of Advent is literally sixteen hours, uh, we're going to this is going to be a double episode. We're going to squeeze in both the third and the fourth candle uh, this one episode. So the third candle is the unique candle and the advent wreath all the candles are purple but this one is pink and rose brother, is the color we prefer. oh rose excuse that me i don't i don't I'm not trying to i'm not trying to diss the third advent candle and it is rose it's pink it's called gaudete sunday uh gaudete is a latin word uh Joy, or how do you, how would you conjugate Gaudete? Is that let us rejoice, rejoice? Yeah, it's it's like Gaudete is the I can't I think it's like vocative. Yeah, so it's like hey, rejoice, oh. and then the and Gaudete is just rejoice, and then te at the end is the plural, like the plural you. Like, okay, you rejoice. Let us, like we rejoice. People. Let us rejoice. Yeah. yeah. So it is. It is. Well, I think uh, it's like a command more than a. Ooh, it's a command. We like are Gaudete, the church like, rejoice, is commanding us to rejoice to rejoice this Sunday. Praise God. I like that. I always like being told what to do. That's why I joined Religious Life. Now the church is telling me to be joyful. Let's do it. So, Brother Paul, can you give us a definition of what we mean uh, by, by Christian joy? Yeah, so it would be the feeling aroused by the expectation or possession of some good. It's, uh, it's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And uh, they're jo- like joyful emotions that affect the body. But they are essentially in the higher faculties. What are the higher faculties? Higher faculties would be the intellect and the will, mm. juxtaposed to, uh, I guess, your passions, which you have the irascible and the concupiscent. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Okay, but you are you are sharp. We got the irascible and the concupiscible passions. That's great. But by passions, we mean like just kind of common parlance, like emotions. Is that yeah, emotions? Is that a fair feelings, category yeah. for passions? Kind of. the The passions would encapsulate emotions, but it's usually. Either like just that we're kind of tangenting, but it's a good tangent. Yeah, let's do it. It's important. It's a part of the human person. Um, but a passion would be either like to to achieve a good or to avoid some evil. Mm. Is primarily what the passions are concerned with. Yes. So you have love that moves you towards it. You have hate, which uh, like a love like towards a good that you can get to it. Hate um, that you would be opposed to an evil. Mm-hmm. Um, anger to overcome an evil to obtain a good. 
And so they're kind of like, those are the passions. And then usually there's emotions that accompany things that move us. Yeah. Things that move us. Yes. And like in the case of like an evil to be avoided, you might have the feeling of like fear, anxiety, those Mm -hmm. types, which are like good emotions to have in the face of an evil um, that needs to be overcome or can't be overcome. Amen. Amen. So, and, and what we're saying is that joy also then lives in the, the will and, and the intellect as well. Yeah. So it's kind of like the whole, the whole person mm-hmm. experiences joy. Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you think like, like Christian joy? Um, how is, how is Christian joy different than maybe like worldly happiness or, yeah. or, or what the world might say is, is, or, or like, I mean, maybe, maybe even more like worldly joy. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. so, what, what what do we mean by by Christmas Christian joy? Um, well, we, could, we just went down a philosophical tangent, and so I'm kind of stuck in that place. Well, you're a philosophical guy. But uh, we would say is that like happiness, generally speaking, in a worldly sense, is usually with like a finite good, um, meaning that it's like like it's uh, it's perishable. It's not lasting. It can be taken away from you. Mm. So money, fame, glory. Even like to a certain degree, like health in the body isn't guaranteed. Right. Um, so all those things were like they're they're finite, they're passing. Um, and we and a lot of times we do put our like we do like find joy in these things, um, even though that they they really do like fade away. So we would say that then juxtaposed with like the joy of the Christian um, is fundamentally the joy in being in the presence of God, the attitude with God, mm. being in the presence of God. Which God being like the infinite good that will never perish, that it that it will never pass away, and then is also what, and then also we would say too that whatever sense of happiness we do get, um, and with those temporal goods, that that, that that's also then like fulfilled in Christ, that all those ways in which those are tending towards a good, that Christ is the ultimate fulfillment of all of those different desires that we'd have, that would be in accordance with like the good or like with with the Christian faith. So if the Steelers somehow turn it around and they win the Super Bowl this year, uh, and I was very happy and excited about it, that would not be the same thing as Christian joy. No, no. no. Fair enough. Not. Fair enough. But I would be I would be happy. I would be joyful. Christian joy would be if, if somehow very like my way is similar to the, the the Steelers just always win the Super Bowl. <laughs> It's just a constant, <laughs> it's a certitude. In, in heaven, the Steelers, Steelers are perpetual Super Bowl yeah, winners. Yeah, yeah. That would be Christian would joy. Be Christian joy. Interesting. There's, there's never a potential to be disappointed. Interesting. Well, that sounds good to me. I could <laughs> sign up for that. It would make being a sports fan uh, way easier. That would make it, make it way easier. And so um, how do we... How do we cultivate? How do we come by? How do we, how do we allow ourselves to experience allow ourselves to experience this kind of joy? Well, I think so. So to talk about joy, uh, uh, when we talk about like the only way you really experience joy in life is through a relationship with Christ. Mm. And so I want to I want to kind of set up a, a bit of a story, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But when we look at Adam and Eve, that they had this tremendous joy of being in the garden with God that God walked with them in the cool of the evening, that he knew them by name. There was this really intimate relationship. And even Adam, who stood in original solitude with God, like there's been this tremendous intimacy that would have filled them with joy, like their spontaneity and the passions that gives them tremendous joy. And then Adam and Eve fall into sin. 
because of the cunning of the serpent and their own pride. And we could say, like, in a certain sense, that joy left like, left us mm-hmm. that day. And that there was no way for man by his own power to recapture that joy. Especially when joy is fundamentally the relationships we, we experience with God. And that's, like, what our heart yearns for. That's why every other happiness will pale in comparison. Mm-hmm. And so it's totally broken. It's totally gone. And then you have this beautiful way in which God acts in history. And then for thousands of years, he calls Abraham, and then he calls Isaac, and then, he, and, and then Moses, and then David. And then to David, he promises an eternal king who will come. And in a lot of ways, we would say maybe the, the, the Jewish people at the time maybe interpreted that as a, as a worldly king. Mm-hmm. We, and, but most certainly we would say that the, the right interpretation of the prophets is this eternal savior who will save us from sin who will then re, uh, rejoin us to God so that our joy then can actually be complete. And so the way to do that is to respond as the shepherds did. Mm-hmm. That when the angel shows up, all the shepherds rejoice. Mm-hmm. And to learn to rejoice in that, the good news. And a lot of times, you know, because we, we hear the same story every Christmas, yeah. and there's yeah. a way in which we can get so close to it that we don't allow that to impact us. Like the, the magnitude of what it means that Christ became a little babe in a manger. And to like, just let yourself be struck by that. Be struck by this magnificent God who humbles himself to be born as a babe. And like, and just join in the joy of the shepherds. And even like the joy of the angels. Like Mm -hmm. it was most likely that like that angel might've just been like made by God. To announce that Christ has this now is your become one job a, in all of like history, it's man. one job. Yeah, he does. He, not all he does is sing his his yeah. hymn of praise. Yeah, and then it's and it's so because it's so incredible. Yeah, it's so it's such a singular gift. And so, like, how do we then experience that in our own life? Well, then, like, we do need to remove those things that distract us from being able to rejoice in the Christ child. And unfortunately, I would say we do live in a very consumeristic culture. Mm-hmm. And so it's really easy to, to fall into, I got to get the right presents and we have to do all of these things. And, and we're, we're experiencing it now, like the, the holiday seasons get really chaotic yeah, yeah. and it's really easy to just kind of look at your list and say, well, I got to do this, 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 and this. And, and even on Christmas day, it's like, well, I got to get all the food ready and these people, the mess and these Christmas presents wrapped. Got to get the kids dressed. Get the, the kids nice dressed. Christmas, we got to get the pictures. We yeah. got to send off the cards. Mm-hmm. There's all these things that we kind of impose upon ourselves. And while those are all good things, but the reason we celebrate is because God was born this day and he became one of us. Mm-hmm. And like, and, the, and now our joy is complete. Like he, he does it. We are now able to be in a relationship with God. And one thing that's incredible about the tremendous work of Jesus Christ is that we, we have now in the grace of Christ is so much greater yes. than what Adam and Eve would have experienced in the garden. Mm-hmm. That Adam and Eve would look with envy upon any baptized Christian because of the insurpassable grace that Jesus Christ gives to each and every one of us. Amen. Amen. The angel, you were, you were mentioning the angel and, and the shepherds, and the angel says, um, I bring you good news of great joy. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the where we get the word gospel from, good news, that the angel has come to bring good news of, of great joy about, about the incarnation, about the Christ child coming, about, you know, uh, the, the Savior being born in, in the city of David. 
And there's there's a there's a quote from C.S. Lewis. I'm gonna paraphrase that. I don't have it off off the top of my head, but but he said that, you know, it was just patently obvious to everyone that something was wrong in the world and that it needed a savior. Um, and so the good news was just obvious. Um, he says, but but for us, kind of in in in, in the modern age, um, it's not so obvious to us. Um, and that we kind of have to go about the business of pre- first preaching the bad news, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yes. that things are fallen, so then we can then preach the good news of 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 Christ. Um, and so, I think just I think sometimes we lose sight on like you're saying we can get so close to the story that we can lose sight of it that, um, and lose sight of the fact that that I need a savior, mm-hmm. um, that I need God. Um, that I need Jesus. And and then there's just this tremendous joy that I experience when I recognize that that God meets that need, that meets that longing, that that meets that desperation in my heart that that I'm lost without him. I can't save myself. I can't go to heaven by my own goodness. And and that that God not only just does the work of salvation, but he also reveals to us that he wants to be close to us. And that he wants to be with us, and that's part of the the, the joy of Christmas is is the babe of Bethlehem and, and being able to not just um, be saved by God, but be in relationship with God, be be close to God, be be one with God, get to get to hold God and and and, and receive the Eucharist and, and all of those just amazing, amazing, amazing things that God wants to 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 bestow upon his his children. Oh, amen. 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 So uh, we're gonna just transition now and and move to our our fourth candle just very very quickly it's a it's a short fourth week of advent yes. so we're just going to touch on it very briefly yes yes uh, because the fourth week of advent is literally just as brother paul said it's 16 hours and then it is the vigil of christmas so the fourth advent candle is is representative of of love um and i think that is just a uh, a beautiful way to to kind of like finally prepare to ra- put a bow on it to wrap up um, what we're preparing for for Advent. Um, we are preparing for the the coming of Christ, um, who is love. Who is love. Um, who is who is who is love uh, made flesh? Um, who who wants to 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 love us? And so, so brother Paul, what? Um, how can we just prepare our hearts to receive the love that God has for us and to love God better um, in our Advent journey as we prepare for Christmas? That's a great question, and I would answer it. Why, thank you. By saying, <laughs> as I filibuster, no, um, there's a sense in like your what you said, like how do you receive it? Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing is that to have a receptivity and openness to receiving the love that Christ has for us, that Christ becomes incarnate and redeems the world because he loves us. Uh, He loves that which he created. And so allow yourself to like, to really recognize that, that fundamentally you're good Mm. and that Christ loves you infinitely. And then a lot of times these, these really, even you look at the lives of the saints, even like St. Francis of Assisi, that it's like Christ's love in him that then changes his whole entire life. And that even when he embraces the leper and he sees Christ, 
when he reflects on it, he says, I had a heart turned towards mercy mm-hmm. and mercy and love being very tied together. And so we could say that also that like the, the love of Christ, like compelled him, then in him moved him to being able to embrace the leper. And I know even in my own story, my own conversion, that I was able to say yes to to serve the native people, to to discern a vocation of the priesthood. I mean, to stop doing a lot of terrible things that I was doing in my life because of the immensity of his love for me. That that it made it like it made everything else pale in comparison. Mm-hmm. But then, like, but then to your point, like, how do you receive that? Um, well, first of all, to be open to that, and to let the Lord kind of show you that He is the light that reveals ourselves to ourselves. And I mean, a good way to do that is to really try to like. To, I would say even to, be, to just have the disposition that while well, you do have to go to Mass twice, mm-hmm. and there can be a tendency to be like, oh, geez, okay, okay, I got to do this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But to, to, to really set, because like also love is an, it's a choice, it's an act of the will. Yeah. So even if, you're, you don't have, even if you don't feel it per se, but just to, to be able to say like, the, like on Christmas, on this fourth uh, Sunday of Advent, like Jesus, I'm coming to Mass because I love you, mm-hmm. because I'm so thankful for what you did, and that will help you have the disposition of heart to then to receive all the graces of both of those Masses, those two distinct Masses that the Lord wants to give you a particular grace at each of those, um, and to really try to have the the yeah the fortitude and the strength to like really try to go to those those two obligations with the heart of gratitude. Yeah, no, I like what I like what you just said there, and I'm thinking of 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 God is love and and Christmas is is the celebration of his incarnation where where he takes on flesh um and so there is we can say that that love becomes incarnate um and so i think i, I think like i i would just want to i would just encourage people to to just stay in that place where where God wants to give you real concrete tangible things to show his love for you um that that love becomes incarnate to to show us that that he loves us and so whether that is then you know we can then just receive the love of god um in in our spouse and in our in our children um maybe the parking lot is going to be a nightmare at church and Yes. You know, you get a, a parking spot and you mm-hmm. get into that's that's a an an incarnational way of, of God's love for you and, and God saying, you know, that he loves you and he got this parking spot for you, or 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 maybe, you know, that, that or then you can then or you can incarnate that love and, and the parking lot is going to be crazy. And you pull up to the parking lot with someone else and you can say, you know what, you can take the spot because I love you and, and you can just have that incarnational, that that concrete mm-hmm. expression of something tangible, something point, something experience that that uh, of God loving you, or, or or you, you know, disposing your heart to to love someone in that moment, and and I think like, you know, just to to make it real, um, not to make yes. it abstract. Yep. That that God's yep. not an abstraction. His love's not an abstraction. Christmas is not an abstraction. That's right. Um, that that Christmas shows us that, that this is real. That, that our faith is real, that God is real and so real that that he, you know, shows us who he is by 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 Christmas and becoming incarnate. And so to 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 receive the little things of our day, 
the, our yes. experiences throughout the day that, that are our real life and God loving us through through real things, through real moments, through real experiences through in real time. And then to to just purpose ourselves to be that for other people, for, for our spouse, for our children, for the people that we work with, for the people who are losing their minds this season, that um, that we can just be little incarnations of, of love in the world. Amen. Amen, brother. We did it. We didn't have our fearless leader. We didn't have Father Anthony. Um, we got through two candles, just the two of us. We can make it if we try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turns out he's just been slowing us down the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) No, we miss you, Father. Um, And so uh, this wraps up our Advent series. We might have a very special episode for Christmas week. Um, So stay tuned for that. We're hoping to have a a special Christmas episode. Um, But but thank you so much for for coming on this journey with us for Advent. Um, and, And, you know... Just we're praying for you guys and pray that you have a, a very a blessed uh, Christmas. And uh, and so, Brother Paul, it's that time of the podcast. We are we're we're going through our who we'd have dinner with, who we'd have coffee with, and uh, here I I did my four. I'm I'm off the hot yes, seat. Yes, and yes. you are back on the hot seat. And we want to know if you were to have dinner or coffee with someone who is living that you do not know. Um, so last time you did someone living that you do know, and mm-hmm. you said Bishop mm-hmm. Olmstead, that was a, an OG answer. You yes, know, yes, five stars for that. But but now someone that you would like to have dinner with, have coffee with, who is alive, whom you've never met or you don't know. Yeah, this is a great question. I'm um, just filled with great questions. What can I say? Yes, <laughs> I'll go with Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw, four times world's strongest man, retired, but really, yeah. What would you want to ask the the four time I don't even know. Retired, like, strongest man champion. He just seems like a cool dude. It'd be fun to hang out with him for a day. Would you want to ask him about like the competitions and stuff? For sure, for sure. And like his training. Yes, and yeah. Yep. That's really interesting. It's just kind of what, it just, it's just what came to my brain now. Yes, yes. What is, I'm, I have to know, what is one thing that you would like, you would want to ask him? Uh, there was a particular world's strongest man. I think it's like 2013 or 12. Okay, where throwback. He, where he celebrated too early. So he had to like he had to like carry like a four hundred pound sandbag and like put it on this platform. It was the last one. Wow. And he he threw it like he like got it up there. And then he took a step back and put his arms in the air because he like won it. But the sandbag fell off into the water. No. So then he had to pick it back up and like put it on the on the As it was soaking wet? Yeah, yeah. I was just saying put it back in the So it's like heavier now. Yeah, it's heavier now. But the, the kicker is is that he ended up losing the world's strongest man competition that year. By like two points. No. And so because he like because he didn't make sure it was set. Yeah. He he lost he he didn't get the title. Which he would have had five then. So we would have went down in history as the as the only person who won the world's strongest man five times. So he's tied with someone for four. Yeah, there's there's uh I think there's there's I think there's two other people who have uh four titles. Wow. So like what like does that haunt you? Not if he's got Christian joy. Not if he's got Christian joy. If he's got Christian joy, it don't matter. But I'll tell you that world of happiness, though. I mean, that's pretty fleeting, huh? But he <laughs> yeah. feels no, that. You were talking about a fleeting moment of happiness. He was literally happy. Oh, dude. Like, for he sure. had, he was on the top of the world for like two seconds. Yes. Yes. Wow. A nice little uh, inclusio there. You know, yeah. that's, that is how fleeting happiness can be, that's people. That's right. We spurn the happiness of the world because it can be taken from us by. A giant sandbag. Yes. Falling in water. Yeah. 
And that is just a metaphor for life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We hope not. It's not a metaphor for life. It can be a metaphor for maybe a season of life. But we have Christian joy and we We will survive. We will survive those moments. Yes. Yes. Sorry, I was being a little zany there. You're not, you weren't, you weren't feeling that. No, I'm here for it. it. (laughs) Well, brother, that is a great answer. Brian Shaw, four-time champion. If you're listening to the podcast, give us a shout. We want to have coffee with you. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Amen. Be in South Dakota in the summer. Hit me up. Well, you come down to Phoenix, you know. He's in Colorado, so it'll be a quick drive. Oh, I see. He's in Colorado. Got it, got it, got it. All right, praise God. Well, brother, if you would please close us with a final prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. We thank you for this tremendous season of Advent in which we do hope and long for uh, with expectation to have tremendous joy uh, as we rejoice in the birth of your son, Jesus. We ask that you fill us all with your divine love and give us the grace to live out this Christian life uh, with fortitude and courage. And in a particular way, we turn towards Our Lady, the mother of Jesus, asking that she would in her own way prepare a home in our hearts for her own son and that the divine word would be born in each and every Christian and that there would be just a renewal of faith across the earth. As you pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed art thou, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Father, your blessing. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.